1: Hello, everyone, and welcome uh, to, ha- well, wait, Happy New Year, everyone, and welcome to a brand new episode from The
2: Geek, Geek Buddies! <gasps> hey! Uh,
1: I am going to do the best I can with this show, as I am uh, still dealing with a little bit of illness and sickness here, but I'm very happy to be joined by these two wonderful gentlemen to jump into a new year of Geek Buddies here with a lot of stuff we're going to get into, trailers, trailers conversations about daredevil star wars talk uh and uh, some uh thunderbolts talk as well we're going to have here with the world of marvel here on the geek buddies but first let's introduce ourselves i am the outlaw john roker writer producer and host here
2: on the geek buddies i am michael vogel writer and producer of animated tv shows and movies and i am not sick and this is Shannon McClung. I'm a television actor and an animation writer,
3: and I had a little bit a little bit of the cocktail flu after New Year's, but I think I'm feeling okay today.
1: <laughs> I don't even know what the cocktail flu is. What is that?
3: It's a hangover. It's a hangover.
1: Oh, oh you kids <laughs> with your quippy things. Uh, yeah, so there we go. That's our situation, and of course, the godbot <laughs> over there, of course, he's not sick. What a surprise. We're going to get into all of that, uh, the way the show works, for those of you who are new to the show, and thank you very much for trying this out. Uh, we, ta- we, talk- we each bring up a Geek News item, take a break in between, and then jump into our main Geek News item. And Our main item today is talking about Daredevil, Echo, Canon, all the stuff that's been going on, Muse, the rumors about Muse being the main villain there, Daredevil. So there's a lot we're going to get into there in the main topic. So hold your horses until we get there. But uh, let's jump into the first thing, and I'll take it. It's Steve. Yeah, hold your horses. Let's get into Stephen Yoon and Thunderbolts here. Gentlemen, Stephen Yoon confirmed yesterday what had been rumored for the last few days uh, after the turn of the year uh, that he has, in fact, dropped out as the character of Sentry from uh, Marvel's Thunderbolts. He told Variety's Mark Malkin that, uh, I think for me, time passing and things shifting kind of pulled me out of it. But Jake Schreier, I know, is going to do an incredible job. I want to do a Marvel movie, but... Um, It took a lot of drafts on email to make sure that I conveyed the sincerity of how sorry I was to have to back out. I think it's too early to say if I uh, will be able to work with Marvel in the future, I probably pissed off too many people leaving. So I'm just going to say thank you for having me. But then it was uh, announced or it was uh, uh, floated out there that he had accepted the lead role in the new Lee Isaac Chung film. So there's a lot of weirdness around this, in my opinion, and it stretches into Thunderbolts. And I'm just like, I'm in this place now where I'm not sure that Thunderbolts is going to happen. And I'm wondering myself personally, if Stephen, you moved off this thing, because maybe they're moving Sentry to his <laughs> old thing and they wanted to give, in, to give it to Ryan Gosling. Maybe it's rumors he's been talking to Marvel. So, gentlemen, am I right? Am I wrong? Am I out of my mind? What do you all think? Who wants to go first here?
2: Oh, shame! Um, I'll let you answer that one. <laughs>
3: so, uh, I do think—do do I think this—the decision was entirely Steven Yeun's? Yes, um, okay. but I do think there is a possibility due to the strikes, due to the sort of potential streamlining and recalibration that they're mm. doing. That it's like, ah, do we? It is Century too much for this? Do we need to save Century for something else? It's yeah. sort of like with Wonder Man. Like we keep hearing rumors that Wonder Man is, <laughs> um, right. but. But as of right now, they're saying, nope, Wonder Man's going to fall under the spotlight banner. Um, So I do think there is a possibility that maybe century was potentially removed from that movie and they don't really know what they're going to do with him now um but they'll they'll do something because bob reynolds is a very interesting character Um, and whether or not Stephen Yoon's going to be um going to be bob reynolds in the future that remains to be seen um i as soon as i read this news i was like oh johnny's gonna be hot to trot that the thunderbolts movie isn't happening now but i still think that movie is going to happen just maybe not the way that it was originally envisioned
2: Okay. Uh, Michael, your thoughts on this? I mean, I I think it's probably a much simpler answer than some giant, like, Thunderbolt is in danger. I think it's, yes, I will be the villain in this Marvel movie that is shooting at this time. Oh, the strike happened. We're going to move this movie. Oh, Marvel is in distress. We're going to move this movie again. Meanwhile, someone comes along and says, do you want to be the lead and work with me? Oh, I really want to work with this person. Hey, fuck. I'm not going to be Sentry. I'm going to go do this instead. It's literally like... It's like uh, somebody asked you out on a date and then dragged their feet for three months. And then you're like, I'm gonna go on a date with this other person. Like, I think it's pretty much that simple. I don't think that it is a sign. And also, I mean, while we're at it, I think for the next year. Yeah. I mean, I know this is not going to happen. But for the next year, I don't know that we're allowed to say Marvel's in trouble. Like with these movies. Like they literally called the ball and said, we are moving these movies a year out to fix them. So just because we hear rumors that they switched out villains or this actor's not in it or they're moving this actor or this character moved to this thing, it's like, yeah, that's what we want them to do. Mm -hmm. So every time they do it and we're like, oh, this is a sign that they're messing up. I was like, no, it's a sign that they are going in there and going, we got to fix this shit. Mm -hmm. Now, they still might not fix it and it still might come out and we're going to be like, nope, we are never going to get back. I just watched, uh, I think I'm going to do this every year, actually, but right on uh, December 31st. December 30th, I watched uh, Infinity War and Endgame, back to back. And every time you do it, I texted Shannon, I was like, I don't know that we're ever getting back to this. I hope we mm-hmm. do. I don't know if we are. So I don't think that there's any huge conspiracy. I I think Thunderbolt is absolutely going to happen. I think mm. they kind of need it to happen.
1: Yeah.
2: Um, And not for nothing, <laughs> uh, Sentry is an interesting character, but when you're trying to clean up your universe, and simplify things i don't <laughs> know that he's your best option right he's kind of confusing <laughs> no so absolutely. i think that also maybe there is a hey maybe the thunderbolts need a simpler villain to fight in their movie
1: yeah maybe that's the thing but i mean that you know i just have this feeling i've been having this feeling for a while oh, it's we not, know uh, okay good i want to make it clear <laughs> <laughs> maybe that's why I didn't get a text about it for any warning. I,
2: I just, you know, By I the way, it. as soon as I said it, I said, I texted Shannon. Oh, I shouldn't have said that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> we all got degrees of FOMO, but listen, this, this is for me. I look at it and I'm just, cause I'm hearing that. Um, the actress from uh, the bear. I've been seeing rumors that she's going to be stepping away from the project. She's on the cast list. There's no Baron Zemo. Uh, Daniel Bruhl came out and said, Yeah, I'd love to come back if they ever want me to come back, but, you know, I haven't heard anything. So no Zemo, no Sentry, perhaps um, uh, the actress from, I can't remember her name. I'm sorry, I forgot about this. But the actress from The Bear, her leaving the project. I mean, if more and more people start leaving the project, to me, I'm wondering why we're even doing this movie, to be honest with you. And there was a fake synopsis that came out that was very similar to Suicide Squad-ish. But I don't know if it's some people claim it's fake, some people claim it's real. So a lot of questions overall on this. And to be honest with you, at the end of the day, Do we really fucking care? These are a bunch of sidekicks, and I just don't know that this is the movie you want to go. As a Disney Plus series, sign me up. But as a theatrical feature, I'm not sure what you're going to accomplish with all of this. And look, no offense to Florence Pugh, I love Yelena Blova, but I just don't think any of the other characters are – they're good, they're fun within the context of where they were introduced, but bringing them all together, I don't know that there's enough sizzle uh,
2: for this to really cook.
1: And so that's my you, thing at the
2: end of the day. By the way, you should be sick more often. You started yeah. this. Before we started recording, you go, I don't I don't know that I have it in me, guys. I'm really sick. You're on fire right now. <laughs> sizzle! There's no well, sizzle! There's no sizzle. I, no, here's, yeah. I disagree. I think that, like, from what I've the only rumor no, that I've heard that I think is true, the only rumor that I've heard that I think is true is that this is Julia Louise Dreyfuss' and Florence Pugh's movie. They're like, really, this movie is about Florence Pugh versus... Uh, Julie Louise Dreyfus in a very um, I haven't heard this but I will make this comparison in yeah. the same way that Cap in Winter Soldier was butting heads with Nick Fury about mm. here's how I think things should go and Nick Fury's like let me tell you how the world is yeah. you've got Florence P- you got Yelena Belova stepping into i I want to kind of follow in my sister's footsteps and you've got Val being like let me tell you what I actually need you to do and then you've got a bunch of other characters around her so I think that in just rewatching some of the Marvel Phase 4 stuff that I've been watching, like Ooh. I think Yelena Belova is one of the best things they've got going for them. 100%. I think bringing Bucky back and giving him something to, like basically, you look at all the characters that we actually give a shit about. Right. Uh, Bucky's one of them. And if Bucky and Yelena Belova, who I think for me is one of them, are in this movie, yep. and then you've got Anthony Mackie as Cap in Cap 4, and we've got Harrison Ford, And we've rumored to have She-Hulk, rumored to have a bunch of other Hulk stuff going on. You're like, okay, I think that between these two movies, you're starting to give me shit that I care about in the Marvel Universe. So I think, now look, whether you are 100% could be right, and this movie could be a sidekick disaster movie. Like, you're just like, I don't give a shit about it. But if they play their cards right, this could be the one-two punch that makes us give a shit again.
1: Yeah, but I hear about the re- – Shannon, I want to get your thoughts on this too. I hear about the reshoots of Thunderbolt Ross, and I'm like, wait, what are they reshooting here in cap four? Are they moving even Thunderbolt uh, Th- Thunderbolt Ross out of Thunderbolts so that he has even less to do with that? And they're uh, showcasing him and introducing him in cap four because they have more faith in cap four than they do. that cap four that, – the that thunderbolt's actually going to happen. And so to me, these are the signs that I'm – I'm reading the tea leaves in a certain way, and I guess I'm getting terrible. <laughs> oh, you're cards. reading the tea leaves. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. But that's I mean, that's how I feel about this. And so and I know Wyatt Russell. And it was like, Well, Wyatt Russell said it's supposed to start. Let me tell you something. Never believe actors when it's talking because you because ne- it's all stuff that you just don't know, and things change all the time because they're not the ones who make the fucking decisions. The studios are, the executives are. So I know he said March or April they're supposed to start shooting, but Shannon, yeah, what do you think about all?
3: I mean, I think the potential ingredients in the Thunderbolts movie, aside uh, uh, in addition to the things that Vogel already mentioned, I think the addition of Red Guardian, who, again, Black Widow, I, I think Black Widow, people don't remember that movie as it was as good as it was, uh, especially with uh, some of the other things that we got, um, that followed it. Um, you know, Black Widow, aside from the kind of, you know, uh, act three, act three issues, um, Red Guardian was a really fun character. And I think throwing him into the mix with the, with the one of the besties of Captain America and an off brand Captain America, I think you have, I I think Mm -hmm. the potential is there for something that could be a lot of fun. Um, Mm -hmm. In terms of, you know, them moving Red Hulk out of it, I mean, I don't know. I mean, like, we don't know how much he's going to be in Cap 4. We don't know how much he was going to be in Thunderballs. We just had heard that he's going to be in these two movies. That's essentially it. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I think this. Ha- I think this has the potential to be something really, really fun. I mean, again, I went back and watched uh, Hawkeye over Christmas, and yeah. Florence Pugh is so, so fantastic. I think the big Great question sense. mark is Julie Louis-Dreyfus. I mean, I think th- what we have seen of her thus far, um, she is not the Nick Fury replacement that I think maybe some people thought she was going to be but she this hasn't really had the opportunity
2: though either yeah her, what what she's been written for and asked to do i think she's done i like it more than you guys do but i don't disagree that i don't that it doesn't totally mesh um but putting her in a movie and giving her the full runway yeah to to be one of the mains particularly if she is going to be because i don't think she's a I think she's a anti nick fury in a way like i yeah, think yeah. she's not necessarily got the best interests of the world at heart and if that's true putting her and florence Pugh kind of head to head it could be fireworks it could fall flat like we don't know but yeah. i i think i'm with shannon that i think that there's a lot of potential here with both the like i said the one two punch of this and cap four yeah. uh steven Yeun aside but i do love the fact that for the next year and a half we're going to get old man roca on his rocking chair on the porch just shaking his head going not going to happen not going to happen and also <laughs> saying you know i'd love to go back to phase 4
1: i also appreciate the magic or phase 3 i also appreciate the magic of those times
2: i'll text you next time i'll text you, know, you t- i'll text you later today i'll text you later today why why do that now
1: uh the other <laughs> <laughs> The thing I did, I I, look, I want it to happen, I want the best. But the thing is, I like Mike Shannon was saying, and Michael, you make a great point, you know, like about Valentina. She's written a certain way. I don't believe that these people who have already shown us how intelligent they are, how they can see through stuff, are going to be suckered by her. It just doesn't carry water with me. So they'll have to do a really, really good job of making me believe that someone like Yelena Balova, who's pretty fucking smart and pretty on top of it can be snookered by valentino because i did not buy that scene with them by the grave at all to send him after send her after hawkeye and so they've done a terrible job of this look and i love julia loved you hurt my feelings i love her in the smaller independent stuff but the big stuff like this she has fall she has fallen flat for me and i just don't buy it so that's my concern her
2: falling flat aside let me just ask you a question about like within the universe continuity like she didn't snooker Florence Pugh at the end of Black Widow, she she was hired by Kate Bishop's mom to kill right. Hawkeye. And she right. said to Black Widow, you're an assassin, go kill this guy. By the way, he did kill your sister, which got resolved in Hawkeye. But I think that Florence oh. Pugh played that right. Like, I don't think that she snookered and in Wakanda forever. Like, I don't think that this is Valentina pulling the wool over everyone's eyes. Haha, look, really, I'm a villain. Like, she works for the government mm-hmm. and the government, Based on Wakanda Forever, our government ain't great. No, I know. So like, I think that saying, look, there are no Avengers Mm -hmm. in the post-Avengers Endgame world. kind of Sokovia Accord rules still stand. If you want to be a hero and you want to do good, you have to do it the way that I say you're going to do it. And here's your team. And her being like, this is my fucking team. And she's like, look, we work with what we got. That's a recipe for, it makes sense to me. No, well, you, you go fucking write it because that sounds great. <laughs> that sounds great to me. I'm down for that one. I'm down for that one.
1: Anyway, we'll see what happens. But of course, we was the best for Stephen. And I'm sure when
2: a he's um, going to be fine. That yeah, dude he's is so good.
1: good. And when the like, character he, comes along, he, he can do a marvel. He'll be back again
2: for sure. I, I, I I'm sad for the days uh, when it was easy for us to get him to be a voice on Stretch Armstrong at Hasbro. That was <laughs> there was there was a point in time where like the geeks loved him. But we are yeah. like, hey, you want to be a voice on Stretch Armstrong? He goes, I'd love to be a voice on Stretch Armstrong. I don't think he would do it now. I think he's <laughs> a little too busy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, great guy.
1: All right, let's take a quick break, and we'll jump into uh, some Star Wars talk. Uh, brace yourselves right after this. Hello, Geek Buddies fans. Before we jump into today's episode, let's give a warm thank you to our sponsor, Marquee TV. Their support is why we're able to bring this podcast to you. Marquee TV isn't just any streaming service. They're your gateway to an incredible world of arts and culture.
3: That's right, Johnny. I've explored Marquee TV, and I've been amazed by their vast library of performances, exclusive interviews, and behind-the-scenes content. It is a treasure trove for any arts and culture lover. Right now, I'm in the middle of watching the Royal Shakespeare Company's production of The Tempest, and I've also got my eye on that Shakespeare masterclass taught by Dame Judi Dench.
1: Yeah, Shannon, and speaking of the RSC, I watched Christopher Eccleston's performance of Macbeth last night, and I'm going to jump into Kit Harrington's performance of Henry V from the Donmar Warehouse.
3: Imagine having the world's most breathtaking ballets, dramatic theater productions, and magical operas at your fingertip. That's the experience Marquee TV offers, making the arts accessible wherever you are.
1: And we've got a special treat for our listeners. Marquee TV offers three Months of access for just 99 cents. That's right, three months for only 99 cents with the code BUDDIES. B-U-D-D-I-E-S. Simply visit Marquee.tv and use the promo code BUDDIES to dive into the world of arts like never before. Bring the arts home with Marquee TV. Get three months for just 99 cents. Visit Marquee.tv to start your journey into the world of arts
3: now. Use code BUDDIES. Explore the extensive library of performances on Marquee TV today and keep up with the latest in art streaming by following at Marquee TV on social media.
2: I like that you fade it out. That's the best. Okay. Mikey, take it away. Well, it's like Boba Fett in the Sarlacc pit. You can't keep Star Wars down. It always comes back. And we got more Star Wars coming. And so, of course, we got more people mad about more Star Wars. Um, <laughs> because that is the way of the world. So let's start with the easy, disappointing one, but it is what it is. Uh, Rosario Dawson was recently interviewed uh, on, was it the Dagobah? Degaba Dispatch yeah. podcast. Uh, and they asked her about, uh, if she had any conversations about Ahsoka Season 2, she gave us a disappointed no um but she did talk about a reunion with all of the cast members coming up she goes we're supposed to be having a dinner soon of the whole cast which will be really nice because i haven't seen everyone um but aside from them having a very nice dinner reminiscing on times gone by um we haven't gotten any updates on an ahsoka season two which given the ending of ahsoka season one is kind of surprising because by any stretch, that's a cliffhanger. So of course people are very upset, and of course people on Star Wars podcasts are saying this is why Star Wars is in the toilet, they didn't announce this, this is what people want, and then other people are saying, well maybe they're saving it for this movie that Dave Filoni is doing, and then people are saying, well Dave Filoni shouldn't be doing a movie, but then other people are saying, well Dave Filoni's done the only thing in Star Wars that we love, and then people are like, what about Boba Fett and Mandalorian Season 3? And like, well maybe Mandalorian Season 4 is gonna make up for it, well if he's doing Mandalorian Season 4 why doesn't he do Ahsoka Season 2? And on and on and on, and welcome to Star Wars Twitter. So, uh, do you guys think that, you know, Roka just gave a very wise announcement about not trusting actors about anything when it comes to <laughs> announcements because they are the last to know? But uh, what do you guys think this means? I mean, obviously, she's not been reading any scripts, she hasn't signed anything, or at least she's not publicly saying she has. So what do you think this means? Is it good? Is it bad? Are you worried? Is this a Thunderbolt situation, John Rocha?
1: (laughs) No, I think this is great for Rosario to say this because Rosario does this. She did this even before she, like as she was getting cast with Ahsoka, there were little like, she was liking certain Instagram stories. Remember certain Instagram posts, like she likes to play the game. Now, she's not, now I don't always think it's calculated. Uh, and I think as Rosario is a, is a really open vulnerable person and honest. And she's a fan as well, as well as being part of the universe. So, but this is a nice hint that this is a possibility. And in, in no way is she saying this is full on happening and let's go. She's just hinting at it, maybe running a flag up to see how people react to it. And as Michael said, cover all the various reactions, but I think it's a it's a sweet way to kind of look at it and uh, uh, how she wants to come back and do a season two, how she likes playing this character and wants more opportunities. And look, I think for the most part, she has won a lot of people over who were skeptical about it. The series itself is something else, but her performance in the series, I think, was really good. So I'm down to see more of her with it. and I maybe this is her way of saying, I'm up for a season two if you guys are thinking about it, we're all getting together maybe we can have this discussion then. So yeah, it's smart play by her.
3: Sure. Uh, yeah. I, I, I think she's being honest. I think that she, mm. she maybe hasn't had any conversations. I think in the wake of the things that did work in season one and things that didn't work that uh, Dave Filoni and whoever he's working with on the creative side, kind of like, all right, How do we go forward? And I don't think they're going to necessarily involve the actors in that conversation until they have a, until they have a solid direction. Um, So I don't think this spells doom for season two. Um, Like clearly Filoni wrote it with the intention that there would be more story here. Um, But maybe it is a situation of like, do we need a season two before we go into this, go into this Avengers style movie where we unite all these, you know, disparate star Wars elements that are, that are occurring at the same time. So, uh, you know, uh, how Johnny said, like, don't trust an actor. I mean, I think that's more when an actor says, hey, this is happening. Because Tom yeah. Arnold's yeah. True Lies 2 was happening in the next week for about 10 years. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I think, I think when an actor gives you a response like, no, I haven't heard anything, they're either lying because it's on the horizon or they haven't heard anything. And I think in, I think in this case, I think it's probably they're still trying to figure out what the future of the Mandalorian universe, mm. Ahsoka universe, Book of Boba Fett universe looks like going forward, but I yeah. think they've had so much success on that side that they wouldn't just fully abandon it.
2: Yeah, good point. All right. I think that is. I think those are very wise words from both of you. Um, meanwhile, in the Star Wars universe, uh, over on the movie side of things, uh, so we have, you know, these three Star Wars movies that have been announced that actually, these seem like the three that are happening. I mean, we've got, we've got the Filoni movie debut that kind of wraps up all of the things that you guys were just talking about coming. We've got the James Mangold movie about the origin of the Jedi. And then, uh, first one up that has the most buzz about it is, uh, the, the Daisy ridley ray film about ray sort of rebuilding the jedi order post everything that is being directed by obeyed shinoy uh now uh, that makes obeyed shinoy the first woman and the first uh, person of color to direct a star wars film which (laughs) given that it's star wars (laughs) means that that's some shit um so uh Like, we've got hold on. I've got to pull up the two articles here because we got the two things. So, first of all, uh, about being the first woman, um, directing a Star Wars film, Obeid Shinoi said, I'm very thrilled about this project because I feel that what we're about to create is something very special. We're in 2024 now, and it's about time that we had a woman come forward to uh, to shape a story in a galaxy far, far away. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, aside from knowing that Rey is the central character and that she's picking up the pieces post all the trilogies, post all the TV shows to build something new. That's all we know about it. But even just saying that little bit uh, yeah. sent Twitter into a tailspin. And then somebody uh, unearthed this clip of Obeyed Shanoi from, I'm, I can't find where the clip is 2015 from. It's 2015. The women, in, yeah, women in the where, World Foundation panel. Yeah. There it is. Where she was asked about <clears throat> being a female storyteller uh, and how she felt, uh, going up against male up against men who were challenging her right to tell stories. And she said, I like to make men uncomfortable. I enjoy making men uncomfortable. It's only when you're uncomfortable and have to have difficult conversations that you will perhaps look at yourself in the mirror and not like the reflection. So of course, now every headline in the world is new Star Wars director wants to make men uncomfortable. Let's boycott (laughs) the movie because holy shit, Star Wars fans are nothing if not consistent. <laughs> um, so, Ugh. gentlemen, questions to answer are one, what do you think of her comments from 2015? Two, what do you think of Obeyed Chinoy in the driver's seat for this movie? Three, given everything Star Wars, given the, the, the highs, the lows, the disappointments, the passion, the Ray movie, how are you feeling?
3: Okay, well, since, yeah, since Johnny went first last yeah. time, I'll say in terms of her comments from that panel, where she said, you know, I like to make things, I like to make men uncomfortable. You know, that's where change happens. She's right. <laughs> I mean, you look at any sort of any sort of you know uh, socio movement that's happened in the last you know two hundred years, three hundred years, maybe eternity. I'm not sure. Uh, <laughs> but basically, things happen because people are made to feel uncomfortable because something isn't working, and the folks that it is working for. Um, are made uncomfortable, by, but are made uncomfortable by the folks that it that it isn't working for. And then you see, like, oh, wait a minute, the thing that we wo- that we were doing that wasn't working out the best for everybody. Let's try something new. So, in terms of what she actually said, she is one hundred percent right. Um, the 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 type of fan that reads this quote and gets upset, um, <laughs> it's it seems pretty par for the course. <laughs> um, and and it's and it wouldn't just be Star Wars; it's any sort of. It's any sort of uh, 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 pop culture pop culture element that people can feel very possessive and protective of. Because they fell in love with it for a reason. And now this person's coming along saying that they're going to change it. And you know what? Some, sometimes those changes don't work. Sometimes they do work. And the only way you will find out is if you actually do it. But, I mean, ultimately, they're trying things differently because um, the things that they tried to do with that last sequel trilogy... For some folks, didn't really work as well. I mean, the the diminishing box office return with each chapter leads you to think that. So, change is good. Change is good. Um, in terms of what she said about uh, about her actually, Charmaine Abbe- Chinoy doing the movie. Um, I'm not familiar with her work. The only thing that I've seen her direct is, is those uh, episodes of Miss Marvel, and she did the most interesting episode and deliver the most underwhelming action episode at the same time. I thought when they went into the past, um, that was some of the most interesting stuff that they had in that show. And then they had some of the most, some of the most, um, incomprehensibly terrible action with that chase scene in, I I, I believe it was when they were in Pakistan. Mm -hmm. Um, But going back and like you know reading you know Reign of the MCU, uh, it's like okay the directors don't always have a ton of say. Like sometimes sometimes these sequences are pre-planned. Like once the movie or once the uh, the footage is delivered, the editors take over and the directors don't always have a ton of say. So I think at this point, knowing what she delivered emotionally, I am curious to see what she does with this movie in terms of how I feel about the Ray movie overall. I'm very optimistic. I mean, Daisy Ridley is one of the things that I felt really worked about that uh, about that sequel trilogy. The characters that they introduced, I would like to see more of. Uh, I just think they didn't get the they didn't get the best at that. and it was things that were out of the cast control.
1: Yeah, I mean, I would say 100. I, I I'm looking forward to a Daisy Ridley film because I love her as Ray, and I I like her more than Adam Driver as Kylo Ren. I like she's more the reason I would ever go back. And we watched those films more than some emo guy who's mad about shit. I liked her uh, portrayal much more. It was much more layered, nuanced, and interesting to me. To me. It's my own personal choice. Now, as for her comments here, first, with the Star Wars thing, I think it's great that she's saying, like, good, finally in 2024. And look, she wasn't like, fuck you, men. She was saying, finally, in 2024, a woman can direct a feature film in Star Wars. And I've seen some fans go, boy, she was shitting on Bryce Dallas Howard and Steph Green and Deborah Chow and all. And it's like, no, she wasn't. And she wasn't shitting on Ray or Ahsoka. She was saying that for once in Star Wars, a woman will direct. I think a woman is writing and a woman will star, and it's a female story. Big fucking deal. Men, we've had enough. We've had plenty of fucking stories told by men, written by men, focused on men. It's okay. And we're all going to live and hold each other by the fire to have a woman come forward and direct a film written by a woman, produced by women, Kathleen Kennedy and starring a woman. It's okay. We're all going to fucking live. People who try to tell me they're tough, but then they're sensitive as fuck about situations like this. I cannot make those things connect in my mind. It doesn't make sense. It's just a movie, man. And and she's saying, and people are like, she should have been genuflecting, uh, genuflecting to Star Wars and saying how much she loves it and watched it as a child. I've seen plenty of experience. Uh, and then they're like, well, no, she doesn't experience. Hey, can I show you the sequel trilogy full of experienced directors and let me have a conversation about that? So there's just all, she can't win. They're just finding all these different things. And she's not going to be able to say the right thing to anybody. And I think it's madness. And unearthing that clip, Shannon's right. Change doesn't happen without making people uncomfortable. We just went through a fucking strike with w- with uh, WGA and SAG-AFTRA where we tried to make the studios uncomfortable about what they were doing to creatives. That's how change happens. Civil rights was about making the white patriarchy uh, or the white uh, establishment unsettled and uncomfortable about what was happening. Nothing changed until they saw them turning the hoses on black people in the South. That's when civil rights started to change in legislation. We just had Me Too. How many people are reevaluating their lives because of me too? Making you uncomfortable is how you change. You know, when you work out, Michael can speak to this. You know, when you make gains, when you push past your fucking comfort zone and you, you are uncomfortable in the pain, that's how you make gains. So wherever you go in life, making you uncomfortable is essentially stepping out of your comfort zone. Stepping out of your comfort zone is how you grow. It doesn't always work, but it certainly leads to growth.
2: That's so nice. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to actually, shockingly, take the counterpoint to this slightly. Because okay. I agree with both mm-hmm. of you, 100%. Um, and there are some idiots on Twitter who just don't want to see a woman direct and don't want Ray yes, to be the lead true. of the movie and want to just have a Luke Skywalker, recast Luke Skywalker and tell me the same stories I always got. 100%. Yep. Um, I think everything that Charmaine Obeyed chinoi said was great. But I do think, like, what you two are talking about is social and political change mm-hmm. in the world. This is a Star Wars movie. <laughs> Absolutely we want strong messages. Absolutely we want this movie to reflect our values. But I think what some people would say is not every movie has to come along and carry the weight of the civil rights movement, the gay rights movement, or the Me Too campaign. Like Those are socio-political changes. And I think what it really runs down to is... Look, like I said, there's some people can't be helped. They're going to hate any movie that has a woman or a person of color attached to it on any way, shape, or form. And they can all go screw themselves. There is a group in there that's like, look, I like good stories. If you give me a story with a female director and Rey as the lead and it's a great Star Wars story, I'm happy. What they don't want is that scene at the end of Endgame. How, how is Captain Marvel going to carry the glove all the way? We've got her back and every woman shows up and you're like, "Ah, this doesn't really make sense. And so I think that there is a level, there's, there's a, there is a fear that is a story-based fear. I'm going to say, I'm giving people Mm. a lot of credit on Twitter, by the way, but I'm just trying to like state the other side of the argument. I think this is great. Um, Is that I think that there are people that are like, I keep getting yelled at when all I'm saying is I don't want a movie. I don't want Ray to come out and be like, I am a Jedi. I am a female Jedi. You men must listen to me because women have the key to the Force. Like, nobody wants that. That's not good storytelling. Just make Rey awesome. So I think that, like, there is a knee-jerk reaction when people's political statements about the world bleed into, is this what the story's going to be? Her, um... Experience level, everybody can fuck the fuck off. Nobody got mad that Taika Waititi directed Thor Ragnarok. Shut the fuck up. Like, it's literally like there are so many directors that have come along and leveled up into these like big genre movies. And John is 100% right. We saw what J.J. Abrams did. Yeah, We all, J.J. Abrams is a guaranteed, you are a big name director. You've got a bunch of stuff attached. We saw what he did. Let's give somebody a chance that's going to give us a new perspective. Because the, the thing that I'm most excited about about this movie, and I actually am genuinely excited about this movie, is this is the first Star War that is after everything. Yeah, it's not shoved between it's not oh here's how we got to the Death Star here's how we got to the clones this is what happened between these two movies that you didn't know about and this guy's gonna show up and then Lando's gonna be on the Burning Man planet like we don't get any of that like none of that this is everything's done the Empire's gone the First Order's gone the Jedi Council is destroyed and we all agree that they messed up here's the galaxy what's happening yeah like, it's the first time that they are forced, like, if they all of a sudden go, it's the second order, then I'm going to be like, fuck <laughs> <point."> <laughs> but, like, I don't want it. I don't want it. But as long as they go, like, this is this is the very first time that Star Wars is going to be forced to give us something totally brand new. Yeah, yeah, and the yeah. fact that Charmino Bade Chenoy is the one that gets to do it, and Daisy Ridley is the Jedi lead that we're getting, like, they've got a lot to lose. Like, they could really fuck this up, but they could also knock it out of the park. Well, they
3: Star Wars it. is going to be forced. I see what you did there.
2: Oh, oh god! Subtle,
3: but you oh. got it in there. Oh, boy. Take credit for it. Be proud of yourself.
2: Nope, <laughs> I refuse.
1: <laughs> I mean, they picked her for a reason. So that's the way I look at it. They she, she they certainly saw talent here, and there's going to be a point of view here. But yes. You know, I, I yeah, I, I, you make good points, though, Michael. It's a good counterpoint. There are some people who are like, I'm caught in the middle here because I just want to see a good story and I don't want to be browbeat all the time right. that it's about you know uh, uplifting women and screw men and yeah, and I, I, I can understand that for sure. Um, All right, well, let's take a break and then we'll jump into some trailers here. The Shannon McClung going to take us in the land of trailers right after this. Do
3: do 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 trailers 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 (laughs) go ahead brother let's start with our first look at rebel moon part two (laughs) the scar giver so i actually finished this movie the first part excuse me i finished the first part this morning because i was trying to get through the movie so i could approach um the seek our first look at the sequel um with uh uh uh, some uh, some fully formed context Mm. and i think at this point it really didn't matter that i watched that first (laughs) 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 um this is the this is Zack snyder's second chapter in in his rebel moon saga which he originally envisioned as a star wars movie starring sophia patella uh hansu ed screen um yeah, it, you know, one of the criticisms I think about the first chapter is the um you don't really get to know anybody. Um it, it, stuff kind of f- flies at you fast and furious, um except for the action scenes, those come at you real slow. Um but it seems like that's what the second chapter is doing is is diving into some of this uh, some of this assembled parties uh, backstories, as as usual with the Zack Snyder film, it looks fantastic visually. It is it is uh, it's something to behold in terms of story. I guess we'll see what happens. But uh, I'll throw it over to you, gentlemen. Johnny, we got to go to you first. What do you think <laughs> of our next look at Rebel Moon Part Two, The Scar I
1: can already see the counterpoint coming from certain somebody on this. <laughs> um, Here is what I'll tell you: I, I liked the uh, Rebel Moon movie. I liked it. It was fun. It, yeah, the criticisms are. I would have liked more time getting to know the other characters as we came upon them because we were given who they are and then boom, they're there and they're part of the fight and they all can just fight really well all of a sudden. So I have issues with that for sure. But overall, I like the story that uh, Zach is trying to tell here about fighting against an authoritarian power. And I like that people coming together to fight that. And in the second seek sequ- and in this uh, uh, trailer here, we're seeing more of that for sure. We're seeing them uh, really organizing. We're seeing Jum and Hansu organizing as he's the general. We're seeing the fight the battles. But then we're also seeing what I think is an interesting thing, where, look, everything was going fine with these people in charge of us. Why are you trying to fuck with it uh, over to Sofia Batella? So maybe there's some a little bit of that co- 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 being a part of this as well. So for me overall, I like where it's going. I'm excited to see it after coming out of that trailer. Uh, and I and the visuals are just incredible, as they were in the first f- film. So I'm down <laughs> for this. And that's all I can
2: tell
3: you. I'm doubtful. Mikey, give us some scars. What would you think?
2: (laughs) I mean, it looks pretty. Uh, Here's everything John said I agree with. Here's my issue with Zack Snyder as a human being, like as a filmmaker. Yes, I love John just described the perfect like, hey, there's this group of scrappy people that come together yeah. to fight this giant authoritarian force. And in the case of this movie, it's let's go out and find a bunch of great fighters and bring them back to defend our village against this bigger force. Yeah. That's a great story. I love that story. Seven Samurai managed to do it in one movie. That's Didn't true. need two movies to do it. Bug's life manages to do it in under 90 minutes. And I actually know who all the characters are, and it's super interesting. And Hopper's a great villain. The fact that Rebel Moon came out, and in two fucking hours they gathered this group of people, and I don't know shit about them, and you tell me they're amazing fighters, and they don't really fight in the movie at all. And then I have to go to the... Okay, they fight mildly at the end. You're like, it's really you showed up and got caught. Sorry, and I don't like it's like it is but (laughs) up and got betrayed. How dare you? (laughs) (laughs) The fact that I have to wait till the second movie to get any personality and to see them actually doing what I've been promised. Yeah, I'm like, come on. Like, Zack Snyder makes the most amazing visuals. I will say that. I sat there and watched Rebel Moon, and I was like, this is a fever dream. This is like when I go to bed after taking some mushrooms, and I have the most amazing visual dreams, but it makes no fucking sense. Like, it looks amazing. The robot, and he's got flowers around his head, and the guy flies a griffin. Like, it looks amazing glorious the first shot of rebel moon of her farming and plowing with the giant moon behind her i was like all right maybe zack snyder's got me 10 minutes later i was like no he doesn't (laughs) so i yes he's telling one of the most um i don't want to say easy to tell but he's telling a very straightforward Hmm. hey our village is threatened by the bad guys let's go get some badass fighters have them each have a story and watch them do what they do, and isn't this going to feel great? I just don't know why he needs two movies to do what anyone else can do in, like, 90 minutes. But but the trailer, to be fair, the trailer doesn't make it seem like it's just about the village. It makes it seem like it's about all these planets in the entire galaxy with these people in charge. I I guess that explains why none of the characters have any personality in the first movie.
3: Wow! So We're all going to get to uh, find out how these scars are given when rebel moon part two comes out april 19th on netflix so our second trailer is also our second look at lisa frankenstein this is from uh academy award-winning writer diablo cody directed by one of uh robin williams children's his daughter zelda starring Catherine newton um yeah this this is coming out around val- valentine's day uh, I thought the first trailer looked like it a lot of look looked like a lot of fun, and I think this one is really kind of doubling down on the gothy sweetness about reanimating your perfect mate. So, uh, gentlemen, let's start with you, Mikey. You're hot. Uh, what would you think of our second look at Lisa Frankenstein?
2: I am so all about this movie. I think it looks great. <laughs> I think it looks adorable. I think it looks fun. I think the fact that it's kind of like placed in the '80s gives it a like. It's got a vibe to it. Like, you know, like this, they didn't, like this, I don't know if this is based on, uh, if this is original or based on any subject, Matt. Like, I don't know if this is based on a graphic novel or anything, but <clears throat> like they could have easily placed this modern day, but like kind of placing it where it's placed, giving you, giving you the music, the vibe of an 80s movie, like it just seems silly. And what I liked about this trailer is you got a little bit more about the darkness. Like you kind of got in the first trailer that she was the Frankenstein character and was sort of rebuilding this boyfriend. This you get the hey, there's bad people out there. They deserve to die. Maybe I'll just take their body parts. Like I'm like, okay, so this is going to be darker than I thought. Um, but it it looks kind of just super adorable. Uh, I'm 100% on board. I loved it.
3: Johnny, is yeah. it alive? What would you think? I,
2: I'm curious.
3: Uh, you know, Catherine Newton is
1: an interesting actress. Never bad, but maybe not always making the right choices or the results aren't always great overall with the film she chooses to be in. I know freaky people liked, but of course, Quantumania kind of uh, tanked. So you all are going to wonder about this. But Diablo Cody, also hit or miss as a writer for sure. Um, so I'm interested because a lot of people try to tell me Jennifer's body is great. Nobody, how many times I see it, I think it really isn't. But I love Juno. So you look at this situation here. you go, okay, all right, let's see what we got. And I'm interested and I like, and I'm curious about the film because it's a nostalgia to the 90s and the 80s which is a fascinating combo to do that in this situation. Cause it's got Heather's vibes, but it's got eighties fashion. And so I, I and the, uh, even the, because um, uh, of the font and colors they're using is very new wave eighties. So I'm like, okay, let's see what we got. So I'm interested if nothing else, this feels like, what was that film about the zombie love story with JK Simmons and uh, Nicholas Holt, warm hearts or whatever it was called. Warm, bodies. Like warm, bodies. warm bodies. It has vibes of that. So, I'm cool and i'm sure it's going to be a commentary on you know male female relationships at that time and in that age so yeah there's enough here to enjoy um so i'm curious about it uh, and i and i will definitely watch it when
3: i get the screener or whatever so yeah well it comes out february 9th in theaters and that brings us to our last trailer which also sort of pivots into our main topic we get mm-hmm. our latest tv spot for echo so there was always a lot of questions when all of the netflix series daredevil luke k jessica jones iron fist when they kind of fell under that disney plus banner now they're available on that site and then we have wilson fisk showing up in hawkeye we have daredevil popping up in she-hulk this trailer kind of confirms that the events of the daredevil series kind of take place in mcu canon because they show a little bit of wilson fisk a little bit of Daredevil clearly from, I and mean, there's actually a little uh, uh, insignia up in the top right corner that's saying Daredevil, all episodes available on Disney+. Plus. They show a little bit from Hawkeye where uh, Echo was introduced, and then they're showing what we can expect <clears throat> in Echo. And it looks like the way that they're promoting it, it seems like they have a lot of confidence in it, Um with with a with a new release approach that we've yet to see from 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 a Marvel series, and that all the episodes are dropped at once, so I'm very very curious about this one. But Johnny, I'll throw it over to you. What would you think of our latest TV spot from Echo?
1: Well, well, at the risk of Mike coming after me again for loving the violence, <laughs> I I, <really> enjoyed, <laughs> I enjoyed this uh, nice clip, and I like that we've got this Wilson Fisk back, and I like that they're using the footage from the Daredevil series. So essentially making it canon. And I imagine they wouldn't have done this if they weren't going to, you know, put the pause in and reevaluate how they were going to do Daredevil's Born Again and focus more on the the harder edge of it all. And so the fact that that's coming through here in this trailer, I like. But I also think there's more emotion here, right? You can tell this is very similar. And we're going to talk about this in the main topic, but it's very similar to Thanos and Gamora. This is essentially him saying, I have to take Gamora out. She betrayed me. Uh, This is surface level shit. We're on the ground, not in space and the galaxies, but essentially he's a Thanos. So that's what you see here coming through in this trailer. And so I like that. And the fight, I saw some people complaining about the choreography. Motherfucker, you, you, uh, let me see your choreography credentials to criticize the choreography of some of the violence. My friend, Shannon McClung has done a lot of choreography. So I take his opinion, but I bet a lot of these couch dwellers have not done any choreography, but they're out here spewing about how terrible it looks. So to me, I liked what we got here. I liked the, the, the fighting sequences here, but also this drama that's going to be going between Echo and Kingpin. So that's going to be the main thrust. So we did get a story here amidst all the black and white violence,
3: so. Mikey, do you echo John's opinion?
2: Oh Lord! I mean, this one was better. They definitely still <laughs> hit you. This is mature audiences only. But they, there was more. They, they, the, the purpose blood. of this trailer. There's, there's gonna be blood. But, uh, but no, this one did. It's exactly what you guys said. The point of this one was, hey, if you didn't know, Echo is very much a part of this universe. And by the way, these other Netflix shows, at least the ones that are tied to Daredevil uh we're we're looping them in this is a part of it so this one this one was doing a little bit more of the hey yes this is a continuation of it's a it's a fine line because i think what a lot of people do love uh johnny being one of them is that the netflix shows were a lot more dark and violent yeah um and what this is saying is hey we know you didn't know if this was a part of it. Not only are we saying that some of this is canon, but Echo is sort of the spiritual su- spiritual successor to those Netflix shows. Mm. And so I think that was smart in the way that they did it. Um, and yeah, I'm you know I'm curious. I still don't know. I'm I, I I don't quite know what we're gonna get with these five episodes. But like most of the people listening and my two buddies, I'm sure uh, when those five episodes drop. Probably just sitting down and watching all five of them. Like, I'm probably just, like, clearing the schedule and being like, all right, order some takeout, healthy takeout, (laughs) and watch these episodes. Well,
3: we will all find out next week, January 9th, when all five episodes are dropped on Disney Plus and Hulu. And don't forget to go in and set your Disney Plus to TVMA. TVMA.
1: access (laughs) To Echo blood Hulk smash
3: (laughs) (laughs) I was gonna try to hum the Netflix daredevil theme but I'm I I got too far into my laugh
1: (laughs) to doom anyway all right let's get into our main topic here and that is the daredevil uh, springing off what Shannon already brought up here um the idea of it being canon uh that they're using Canon uh, is speaking with a screen rant. Uh, Daredevil Born Again executive producer, I'm uh, sorry, executive producer of Echo, uh, Brad Winderbaum, talking about Daredevil Born Again, talking about Daredevil Netflix. Um, uh, spoke about uh, this idea. He said, I can say that up to up until this point, we've been a little cagey about what's sacred timeline, what's not sacred timeline that was born of frankly appeared at the studio where we were like we have to stick the landing with the vendors it was another part of the company developing the netflix stuff we were aware of what they were doing they were aware of what we were doing but there was a lot to balance but now that some time has passed now that we see actually how well integrated the stories are i think that i personally brad winderbaum would be confident in saying that netflix's daredevil is a part of the sacred timeline so uh gentlemen this basically affirms that because as shannon said in the trailer for that new trailer of echo they're giving you the link to go watch those episodes they're saying all of this is canon now is this the james gunn approach where they're saying well we're gonna pick out peacemaker and violet davis and amanda wall but everything else is not canon or is this really saying everything including punisher including foggy including karen are all canon in this situation and is this making us look at daredevil born again Uh, As something more now that's
2: connected to the Netflix series. So, what do you guys think here? It's a good question because, like, they he very clearly said Daredevil. He didn't say the Netflix shows, he didn't, he said Daredevil, but Karen, Foggy, The Punisher all show up in Daredevil. I mean, like, they are in that show. Like, so Luke Cage, Jessica Jones, the less said about Iron Fist, the better. Like, they are still sort of in a, um, I think they're sort of just in the Marvel waiting room. Like there's like the doorway to the sacred timeline and they're just sitting (laughs) over to the side, like waiting to walk into the sacred timeline because I think it's just a wait and see. It's kind of like they, I don't know that Marvel has plans for Luke Cage, Iron Fist, Jessica Jones. Mm. And I think that what they're doing is they've all agreed that the cat, Charlie Cox, uh, Vincent D'Onofrio are one, like we want them. Yeah. Foggy and Karen and anyone, Electra, like there's a lot of other characters that I think we're going to get. I think you might get a little bit of the James Gunn approach. I think that there might be a, we like that Daredevil series. We really would like to do something different with Electra and we don't want to use that actress. Mm. So we're going to recast Electra. Like I think that that's sort of their, their, Brad Winderbaum dipped his toe in the water, but he (laughs) didn't dive in all the way. So I think that you are getting a, Yes, you can go watch Daredevil, and it's canon. And that kind of gives you the backstory that they want you to have about Wilson Fisk. It gives you the backstory that you need about Matt Murdock. It kind of gets you up to speed, and then you can watch Echo and understand who Kingpin is Mm. and how he relates to Daredevil and kind of get you ready for whatever they're doing with Born Again without actually confirming that every single thing is canon and every character is returning for Born Again. Yeah, what do you think here, I mean, I think especially in the first season, there was nothing that happened
3: that sort of precluded from that first season being included in the MCU. I mean, they do reference um, the attack on New York. They don't call it the attack on New York. They don't talk about Thor. They talk about that big dude who fell out of the sky with a hammer. Um, so, I mean, I think referencing the Daredevil series is definitely the right thing to do. I mean, mm-hmm. especially in as they are trying to get people excited for Echo. And it's interesting because even She-Hulk, for me at least, mm-hmm. even She-Hulk doesn't, doesn't take away from that first season, from, from Daredevil on Netflix entirely. I'm just like, okay, he came out West for a lighter day, got himself a yellow helmet because he's on the West Coast. <laughs> this all, to me, still makes sense. This all still works. Okay. Um, so I think it is really smart because they, Marvel saw how well that Daredevil show did and how much the fans really really did gravitate towards it and so depending on all of the reasons that they hit that pause on daredevil born again i mean we're being like we we've heard that it's because the tone was a little lighter than they were than they were wanting and based off the little glimpses we've got of daredevil in echo that does not seem to be like a lighter daredevil um you know we get the we get the hardcore guy in hell's kitchen we get the guy who's on vacation um in la with uh with I think if they are actually leaning into this and being able to extrapolate as much as they can, whether or not they use Foggy and Karen, whether they do recast Electra, which I, I thought they did, but I don't know for sure. Um, I think that's absolutely the right thing to do. Like shore it up as much as as much as you can, because I feel like even uh, th- they've said everything that's happened, Marvel, it's all can- it's a multiverse, but it's all canon. Like everything yeah. is in play at this point. Yeah.
1: Yeah, we'll see. I like the idea of him, of them being able to dive in or to pick out what they need to pick out from the Marvel series and saying it's all canon, and you can think it's all canon, and then we'll see with the recasting. And look, they haven't had an issue recasting. Um, you know, with Catherine Newton, we just spoke about her replacing the actress who was playing Cassie. We've seen that with Terrence Howard and 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 Buffalo, uh, and we, we might see it see with, with Kevin Domingo. Yeah, with Coleman <laughs> Domingo, a lot of people talking about that possibility. As well, but well, let me ask you about something else. With Daredevil, the rumors uh, are coming out. Daniel RPK, who does a great job of scooping stuff and uh, dropping stuff, he uh, tweeted out that he's hearing that uh, Muse is going to be the main villain for this Daredevil uh, Born Again series here. And Muse was introduced in 2016's arc, Dark Art. Daredevil is balancing his civilian identity and change in career as a district attorney and a superhero identity. Uh, as a mentor to a young vigilante named Blindspot. But uh, Muse is a serial killer and a street artist, uh, and the macabre art pieces are the work of Muse, a mysterious serial killer who proves to be immune to Daredevil's enhanced senses. He attempts to kidnap city officials to make a new art piece, but is stopped by Blindspot in that particular dark art. art. So do you think this is an interesting new villain to bring in to work here for dead ever born again or did you want them to go with a villain that is much more kind of classically known to be a part of this what do you guys think of this choice for muse
2: I think Marvel usually does better when they do something different and surprising with a villain that is a okay. lower on the list I mean you know Michael Keaton's vulture is the is the easy go-to example of like sure. they didn't go Green yeah. Goblin right away they went with the vulture which is one of the lamer villains and made him not lame yeah um from what I know, and I could be wrong about this, and people can absolutely correct me in the comments, Muse in the comics doesn't really have an origin. We don't really like he is he yeah. is purposely a very mysterious character. So there's kind of a blank slate as far as what you uh want to do with him. To your point, the things that we know about him is he's a serial killer, his art is the body of his victims, yeah, and Daredevil doesn't can't sense him. So those three things, A, lean very much into the this is mature audiences. Like if your villain is like making art out of body parts of you, the, of the good guys or of, of his victims, like this is not the lighter Matt Murdock. Right. Um, it's a darker show because it's a darker villain and a villain that Daredevil can't really sense is a great thing. It's kind of like what they did with the spot in Across the Spider-Verse as Ooh. well. You took a villain that is a pretty silly villain. And you let him be silly at the beginning, but he becomes a big threat because it worked really well with their story. So if this is true, and I, I think it it seems like a the type of rumor that probably is true, Um, I think it's a good thing. I'd rather they did something like this than go, it's Bullseye, it's Electra, it's all the things you love. Like, this is more interesting. Colin Farrell is back.
1: Uh, um, Shannon, your thoughts on this?
3: So yeah, I am not familiar with this run. I, I'm not familiar with this character. Um, But I will say, visually, having... Having a uh, having an antagonist who leaves art as a crime scene, I think is going to be visually very, very interesting. I mm. mean, the whole thing like with Kingpin essentially being Daredevil's big bad, is like you never really defeat Kingpin. Kingpin is a looming presence and will always always be there. But having a secondary villain for Daredevil to go up against, um, in, the, in the shape of this uh, Muse character, I think is really awesome. Like in the, the Dexter show, I can't remember what, it was first or second season, but there was a serial killer who would do sort of the same thing that would set up these elaborate art pieces displaying a body. And it is the most unsettling and gruesome thing. And it makes for really, really good stories. So yeah. if this is the thing that came out of that creative pause that they took, and this is sort of the result. It sounds like it has a lot of promise.
1: Yeah, I like the idea. I like the idea. As you said, we don't know the origin, Michael. We don't know the origin of this character usually in the in the comics. And so, see, uh, the fact that he could be doing something pretty brutal and vicious and as Shannon said, gruesome, I think works again with where they want to go, which is a reimagining of Daredevil: Born Again to be a much more brutal, much more R-rated, much more mature audience approach. And people are into serial killers you know people got really into those documentaries and cults of course during covid so the idea that you want to go down this approach is interesting that's a different pace and a different type of villain than we had in the marvel netflix series in either of those seasons so that's a new approach as well that could play that could pay dividends and is this something that's going to affect people that he cares about will someone from the daredevil series be a victim of Muse, and maybe that's the way that they bring the character back, but then kill the character so it's something else. And certainly Karen could be up. Foggy could be up for this. It could be real interesting to see where they go with this uh, down the road. So I like the idea, and I think it's it's awesome. So, yeah. Um, all right. Anything else we want to say? Or Oh, real quick. I know, Shannon, you got to go. I know. But real quick, uh, Coleman Domingo, is Kang, do we say yes or no? What's your feelings? Uh, 30 seconds. Uh, go.
3: Uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, Coleman Domingo is a really, really interesting actor. I mean, having uh, uh, the, the film that he was in with Viola Davis and Chadwick Boseman, eh, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, I thought he did a great job in that. He was great in Fear the Walking Dead. Um, he's a guy that's on the rise. If they choose to keep going with the Kane character, um, Coleman D- Domingo is a very, very
2: strong choice. Mikey? I think he's a great choice. I just think Marvel fans are hilarious. I think like one day it's like, you know what? Absolutely, I'm glad Kang is gone. We're done with it. Doc Doom all the way. It's not gonna be Doc Doom. Uh, Okay, another villain. I don't want Kang. It might be Coleman Domingo. I love Coleman Domingo. Let's go. I'm all on board on Kang. Marvel fans are are, are equal parts very, very angry and also very easy to please. So I'm super on board. Like he'd be great. If they wanna go with Kang, he's a great choice. If they don't go with Kang, I hope they use them somewhere else, but Marvel fans, God, I love you. Star Wars fans could use a little bit of that energy.
1: Stop reading my diary. All right, there we go. That's it. Uh, Thank you all so much. And I agree with everything Michael just laid out. That's how I feel. Get rid of Kang. Coleman to me go, all right, bring it back. (laughs) That's basically true. (laughs) So, all right, thanks so much for watching y'all. And we appreciate you all hanging out with us and watching this first episode of the Geek Buddies here in 2024. Shannon, what do we have to tell them?
3: Yeah, if you'd like to follow us on social media, on Twitter, it's at Geek underscore Buddies, on Instagram at The underscore Geek underscore Buddies. If you'd like to follow me on social media, on Twitter, it's at Shannon underscore McClung, on Instagram at Shannon the Geek Buddy. If you'd like to follow Mr. Vogel, it is at MKToon. If you'd like to follow Mr. Roca, it is at the Roca Says.
2: Like um If you're reading the tea leaves and you got bad feelings about Thunderbolts, This is your place. Keep coming back. Uh, And while you're here, you can smash that like button below. You can subscribe to Johnny's Outlaw Nation page. Check out all the amazing content he's got going on there. Leave your comments below. I think we covered all the big geek news of the week. Did we miss anything? Let us know. What do you think of everything we said? What do you think of that Rebel Moon 2 trailer? Let us know below. If you're listening to us on a podcast, go ahead and leave us some stars and comments so we go up in the rankings. As always, the best thing you can do is retweet this video, post it on your socials, send it to your friends, tell them to hang out with your buddies, the Geek Buddies, and most importantly hope you had a great kickoff to 2024 absolutely we might have a little surprise for you all
1: tomorrow a geek bites episode if you're watching this as we drop this on friday we'll have a little surprise for you on saturday we'll see just keep it in your mind to look out for more stuff in the geek buddies this weekend and until then we'll talk to you next time with another brand new episode here of the geek
3: buddies <gasps> hey